I've been poor. I've been poor, poor. I'm talking about poor that maybe you don't know or ever seen what that's like. Um, and I've made, I've making a lot of money, like crazy, amazing money. Right. But money makes stressful times easier, but it, it doesn't make you happy. You're listening to the Reed Fletcher podcast. Today on the show, I got to talk with Freddie Elias. It's a great show. I really hope you enjoy it. He has a truly awesome story uh, for humble beginnings, making it big. He's a legend in the network marketing world. Um, not to mention, he was a professional bodybuilder. You know, lived in the back of a bar with his family and and the whole thing. He's just he's really awesome with people. He connects. He cares, uh, and he just has such an inspiring mindset. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Reed. Hey, Freddie. How's it going? Hey, I'm good, good, man. How are you? So I'm, wait, I'm ready. Whatever you need me to do, I know you're probably going to interview me, so I'm ready to roll. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's pretty – I don't really come with any questions um, – with any questions prepared, I, I mostly just kind of like to hear your story and just talk and get to know you more than anything. Um, there's a lot to unpack and, and I don't know your whole story. So it's great to have you on. But I mean, starting with, I've heard, you know, you lived in the back of the bar and then, you know, uh, pro bodybuilder turned network marketing and then everything with your son. Like, I don't really know where to start, but I know you have an amazing story. So I mean, I, however you like to tell it and wherever you like to start, I, I'm just, I'm here for it. <laughs> okay. So, um, so basically you're just, you were looking to just hear my kind of like my life story in a sense is, is what yeah. you're wanting. Okay. And then, okay, I can do that. And so, uh, how long do you want to go or you tell me? What's the guideline here? It really depends on you. I think that Zoom actually kicks me off at about 40 minutes. Okay. Are we say we start we haven't started yet or have we? No, we're started. I'm I'm recording this actually. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. First of all, um, you know, it's just fun to do things like this. Um, I actually am gonna do a another podcast. Uh, my mentor in the industry network marketing uh has got this. Uh, incredible um like podcasts and it's, mm -hmm. he's got thousands of people that listen in so he's he just called me yesterday wanted to interview me my success story and what i'm doing and talk about the principles of life we're going to kind of have a conversation with you know mm -hmm. but so a little bit about my background um initially um so i'm from a town called peoria illinois and um i was a good athlete uh, I was an all-state football player in the state of Illinois. I was a linebacker. Wasn't good in school. Uh, had a great upbringing, um, even though we didn't have much. Let me just touch on that for a second. Totally. Um, my my family, my both my parents are from Lebanon, and uh, um, so great family background, great culture, great food. It's all about family, um, and. Uh, I had a great foundation for God and, um, but they didn't have a whole lot. I mean, I never went on one vacation with my mom and dad. Mm -hmm. um, they worked hard, a lot of hours. And, and we had a bar and the worst part of Peoria, it's real crazy now. And uh, 
we had a we had to walk through the bar to get into our house. Okay. And we all five of us lived in a room of three hundred square feet. That's all we had in our that was our whole home, and we had a bathroom until I was nine, and they added on another three hundred square feet. So it was you know I didn't know any better. Uh, honestly, my mom's whole model was God, family, love, treat people right, uh, work hard, and she would always say to me, and it's funny because my son and his girlfriend got this thing for us for Christmas. But my mom's saying is as long as you have a roof over your head and food on the table, nothing else really matters. It's okay. So that was kind of the deal growing up. But I remember back, um, even when I was like 10 or 11, I was very driven. Uh, and I just wanted more. I wanted more in my life, you know, and I, I, I remember that when I was young. And then, of course, you know, I was good with people. I think I am kind of my mother. I am my mother exactly, but she was honestly a way better person, human being than me. And um, yeah, I'm not kidding, man. She was a saint on her. She was like a mother tree. So she fed poor people every single day at the bar. And she was an amazing cook. And, but I got into sports, worked hard, became an all state linebacker, was not great in school. I think I uh, just couldn't. I couldn't sit and, and read and study. And um, so I didn't really want to go to college and um, ended up, I love working out, got into a bodybuilding career. I competed my first teenage show was in Chicago and it was the teenage Mr. Illinois. It was two months out of high school, I was 17 years old and I really did well. And then ended up moving to California at 19 because that was the Mecca, the Mecca of bodybuilding is Venice, Santa Monica. So I wanted to be around the best. Arnold was doing his movies at that point. Um, he was done competing, but I was in the gym with Arnold about every day. Got to know Arnold, got to know Lou Ferrigno. Um, really? Some of the bats. Oh yeah, yeah. I was very shy back then. But Lou used to ask me all the time, every Wednesday night, it was Lou Ferrigno, the Hulk. Um, there's a guy right in the hillbilly gym who was like this big six, eight, 400 pound WWF wrestler, uh, Cheech and Chong, one of, one of the two, uh, they would go out to dinner every Wednesday night, same place. And he'd always invite me. It was Freddie, come out and have dinner with this. But I was so shy. I was 20 years old and, uh, I just was intimidated. Right. And I didn't go, but I worked my way up in the ranks. Uh, was a light heavyweight national competitor. I was in Flex Magazine in the late 80s and then became a fitness trainer. And then I, I came back home to visit my family and then I met my wife 32 years ago. And then, you know, came back and then basically fall, fell in love and got married and then we started having children. And um, I needed to make more money. And uh, so I started a construction company. So now I go from fitness and nutrition to family and construction. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, you know, I just was, my priority went a different way. Um, and that's when ultimately um, my body changed over 13 years. Yeah. And really went backwards. And I put a lot of weight on. Um, I got unhealthy, I had a lot of pain and joint issues. And um, so that was kind of the deal. And, and that's how I got involved with Singular. 
which was January of 2010. And um, um, I mean, I can talk about that. I don't know if that's what you want me to talk about or if I'm supposed to. Um, oh, whatever up to you. I, I don't know if my listeners know what Zingular even is. So I, you could touch on that. Uh, well, I'll share that because it's changed my life. But uh, ultimately, um, so I, I had a phone call from my friend and he's a fitness trainer in Santa Barbara. And he's really good. He's good at what he does. He trains a lot of movie stars, uh, Rob Lowe, Michael Douglas, the actor, producer of Golden Girls and Soap. You're probably too young to even heard of those shows. And uh, maybe those actors, right? A couple. But, I know Rob Lowe. Yeah. And uh, so he called me one night and he just like said he had this incredible wellness system with weight loss built in. And that's how I heard about it because he knew – I've been calling for two years every month saying, I need something to lose weight. I got to get something figured out and feel like from feeling terrible. So that's how my journey began. And, and um, so maybe I'll share that part on this, on this call. And I'm going to maybe share about what I, if you want, um, just about people, I think uh, about life, some of my stuff that I believe in. I, again, you absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, so, um, he, he started telling me about this. I'm like, okay, I want to know more. I'm interested. So I ordered the products and, um, you know, I locked in and eight days I lost 11 pounds and, um, felt better. My energy was up and, uh, went on to lose 19 in a month, 36 to 90 days. My body, my, my, just, my body felt great. I went from feeling old to feeling young and athletic again. And I dropped 50 pounds in five months, went from a 44 to a 34 inch waist. In how long? Five months. 50 pounds in five months? Mm -hmm. Reed, believe it or not, when I got on the products, I'm 5'8", I was, I was 270. <laughs> and I mean, I was, you know, still muscular, but not working anymore. I had a lot of muscle on me, but man, that is uh, miserable. And um, so I pretty well maintained that. And then, uh, you know, we ended up, we had, a, we had, I started working out two and a half years ago again and it took me a while to get really going. Uh, you know, I was so out of shape, even at that 50 pound weight loss, but, and then the accelerate came out, which really helped me really go into a different level. And then, so, you know, and then I got in great shape. I'm actually, um, you know, got my waist down to 31 inches and I'm 5'8", 205. What did you compete at? What weight class? I was a light heavyweight. So my, 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 the light heavyweight class in the, uh, in the MPC is 176 to 198 and a half. Okay. Or 198 and three quarter, 176 three quarter. And so I would just make light heavies because I was, Last couple shows, I my the, the scale tipped at one ninety. Uh, it was uh, one ninety eight and a half. Anything over that, I had to go to heavyweight. You know, so. So were you kind of more the body type of like Franco Colombo, rather than like Lou? Because Lou's pretty tall, right? And Franco, I think, was maybe around that height. Five, Franco is actually Franco is actually five three. Oh, so he's even he's he's much shorter then. I hope to say that because five eight's not much bigger, taller, but man, five three is really short. Yeah, more so. Um, yes, if you would say. I mean, a lot. Of, most of the bodybuilders are not that tall. Arnold was six one. Um, 
you know, Lou was six, five or whatever. Usually guys are in the five, five, eight, nine, ten range is what you see most of the time. So, um, but like Frank Zane and, and so that, and you probably wouldn't know that name, but anyway. Oh no. So yeah. Frank of, Zane. Um, I know him. Uh, I also, I think, I don't think Phil Heath is very tall either. No, Phil Heath's not. I actually, I went to visit a gym here in Franklin, Tennessee. And, um, yesterday I'm kind of looking around at some different places and, uh, um, the guy that won the Mr. Olympia last year was in their training. That's where he trains. Yeah. Yeah. Can't even think of his name. Yeah. Yeah. But, but so, so that, so yeah. So, so I've gotten in great sh- shape again. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and it changed my life. This company, this product changed my life. The eating plan I got, you know, it gets people on the track and that's what I love. So then I built a business with it and you know, it's changed my life. Right. And, and uh, so I mean, it's just like life changing. So it gave me what I wanted was, was I wanted to become debt free. I wanted time freedom with my family because I worked a lot of hours in construction. Uh, I wanted to help people. Um, and, you know, I have a home in Peoria, Illinois. We didn't move anything out of it. We stayed, kept it furnished. And I have a home now in Franklin, Tennessee, which is a remarkable area. And, um, I don't have any debt. I, you know, just, just, you know, good things like that, that, you know, people, the dream of life is to be, I mean, everybody's different, but I, you know, you want to be, you want to have success. You want to have time. You want to help people. And that's what this has allowed me to do. I don't like I'm saying incomes because of compliance. So I'll keep it, you know, you know, whatever, but, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy what's, what's happened. And, so that's a little bit about my story. Um, and, I, and if you want, I mean, if you ask, I don't want to ask questions, but I, can, I think what's important, I think people, and we can talk a lot, a lot of topics, um, what's going on in, in today's world or not, or what I think it takes to do well in business, uh, in life. I mean, if you want me to go into that, I don't want to keep rattling and not know what direction you want to go. No, that that's exactly the kind of thing I'm looking for. I think a reason why um, you stand out um, to people at Zingular and, and to me um, is because it, it's, it's not like the old paradigm that people say where, okay, you can either have you know, your family, or you can have money. And it's like, oh, you sold out, you decided money, so you ruined your relationships, or you decided your family, so you never amounted to your dreams. I think what is kind of different about, I mean, you and just the industry in general is that it's as if both of those things have improved. You know, the more money you've made doing this, the more relationships you have, you seem to be happier than ever, your family, you're closer, you have that time. Um, the story uh, about Nico has always been touching to me because, and, and maybe you can talk about it. Um, if, I mean, if you're comfortable, but I just yeah. think that that's, that's an inspiring story because, because of the position you put yourself in, it actually allowed you to go through that, that whole time period and still come out the other end making money. It's just amazing to me. Well, I was, you know, and you and you have a baby right now. Yeah, 10, 10 weeks. Mm, special. And I, I always tell people that, you know, you, you don't, 
really know what real like just this super strong love is until you have your children and as that baby keeps growing and being you know doing things and talking and walking and i mean it's amazing it's just yeah. amazing and of course your mother and father know because they have 10 right <laughs> yeah uh-huh. yeah and um it's special and so when that happened so ultimately we had no signs or symptoms. I mean, he finished his football season was all conference and um, Nico was, Nico was six, two, he was two, two eighty, And uh, he played, he was a guard and he was very strong and quick off the ball, very strong and uh, smart. And, but he ended up, um, he was working out in the gym. He was working out of the gym and he had a massive brain aneurysm. It just blew and we didn't know. And, you know, it's crazy because thank God my daughter was home. Um, we were flying back from Founders Club that day. It happened. And uh, um, so she was getting ready to go to work. My His his buddy, he told me, he goes, I got to get home. I feel terrible. I feel sick. I got the worst headache in my life. And that's kind of started. And, and then at that time back home, my two, my two of my neighbors are ER, believe it or not, they're both ER doctors. And uh, so we land in Peoria. My daughter calls, says Nico's really sick. So one of the doctors came over. We met them at the hospital. I mean, it was a tough ordeal. And um, so they said he had a massive brain aneurysm. He said, you know, we got to put a shunt in his head. And I didn't know what a shunt was at the time. But for people that don't know that they drill a hole in his head and put a line in him and it, it drains blood. And I said to the doctor, the neurosurgeon, I said, you have to do that. And he goes, if we don't do it within an hour, he's going to die. And so that's where I was at. It was surreal to me. Um, I just never experienced anything like that. And it's when your own child, it's just very difficult. So, but ultimately, um, he was in a coma seven days. They didn't think he was going to live, but he, but he, um, he did. And came out of the coma day, day 17. We had brain surgery 24 days in, uh, he was in ICU 10 days in rehab. So now all of a sudden, um, I mean, it was just, just for him to open his eyes was a blessing. And so I don't know, I can say whatever on here, right? Yeah, whatever you want. So, you know, God touched us and touched him and blessed us because he shouldn't be alive. But if you meet, talk to him, meet him, he's, you would never even know what happened to him. I mean, they went from saying day one, he's got 5% chance to live to a week later, if he, before he can woke up, if, if he lives, don't know what he's going to be like mentally. And if he lives, plan to be in the hospital three to four months uh, to open his eyes on day seven, to uh, brain surgery, to learning how to walk again and rehab. He had to learn how to put his socks on, take a shower, say some words. So that was, that was a different journey. Mm-hmm. But it was hard to see him not know how to put his socks on or get in the shower and take a shower. You know, when he was 6'2", 280, strong as an ox, you know, this great 
football player in my eyes anyway, but that was tough, but it was, there was different God moments and, you know, because of singular, and I go back and say power of prayer though. I mean, we had, they had prayer calls for us, the company, um, you know, 24 hours before his brain surgery, every 30 minutes, somebody was praying, whether it was three in the afternoon or three in the morning, unbelievable people in this company. <laughs> and of course, Mark flew in twice uh, during that time. Akala uh, came in twice during that time. Um, you know, just as unreal. So, but then through the 90 days, I did not work January, February, March. My construction business, my number one guy uh, was running it and or singular and singular paid me hundred thousand dollars in 90 days and I did not work. So that's the true power of what we call residual passive income. Yeah. And my team rallied and, you know, so, but then I, I, I was able to April of 15, I just couldn't do both anymore. I didn't have the energy to do construction. And, and I'd been thinking about selling my company. So instead of selling my company, I, I, I gave my number one guy who took care of me, I gave him the company, and which was wow. cool for him because his income grew two and a half times overnight. And it, he deserved it. And his, his daughter's my guide child, you know, and he's got four beautiful kids. He's also Lebanese like I am. And, and uh, it's a great person, but he took care of me and I wanted to take care of him. I don't share that. I always tell people I sold my company, you know, cause I don't want to go into all of that. Right? right. So anyway, but so, yeah, so it, it's just, it was incredible. The whole company, your father was <laughs> Just amazing, man. Yeah. No, he gets me emotional. <laughs> so, but you're you're very blessed, you know. But so it's just all the people that were in my life and the blessings and the God moments. So I guess I'd say, if you're listening. You're not sure. Be open. Be open to that. Be open to God. Be open to be blessed. Be open to. I always tell my team every time, almost I sign off on a training room at the top or whatever. I said, you know, I said, hey, you know what? Pray to bless other people. Don't pray for blessings. Pray to bless others. And if you do that, everything take and be sincere, true in your heart. So that's what happened. And here I am almost. I'm not, I shouldn't say numbers, so I won't. I did say 100,000, but it is what it is. Compliance wise, I'm not, I'm supposed to really be careful. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but so that's kind of what's going on. And, and you know what? I think that, again, you know, we live in a different time. And, but, it, but it's okay. And, and, for people today, if they want to have success in business, success in life, success in family. I mean, success is a broad spectrum word, right? Mm -hmm. Because I can say I'm successful. Well, you might be successful financially, but maybe, but you're poor over here. You know, you're, you're, you don't have 
you know, you don't have a good relationship with your family or your kids or whatever, your wife or, or whatever. That's to me not success, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a balance, but I think a couple things I'll, I'm going to say that one is again, and I'm not preaching to anybody, but I, I've been poor. I've been poor, poor. I'm talking about poor that maybe you don't know or ever seen what that's like. Um, and I've made, I've making a lot of money, like crazy, amazing money. Right. And anyway, but money makes stressful times easier, but it, it doesn't make you happy. Right. See, like if you want to be happy for a couple hours, you know, go do something like if you like the golf, go golf. Right? Mm-hmm. If you want to be happy for, you know, a week, take a vacation. If you want to be happy for a month, buy a brand new Maserati, uh, you know, but, but happiness is not any of those, you know, it's not going to be buy a million dollar home or whatever. None of that going to make you happy. It's not going to make you happy. And it's a short term happiness, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I say, if you want to be fulfilled and happy, is have, um, make a difference in people, bless people, but also my spiritual life, my, my relationship with God is what fulfills me. And I know, and like sometimes I'm not perfect. I can go off a different path and I was, he's always reining me back. See, um, but also that, so that's one of the foundations for me. The other, another foundation for me is uh, working on my, my mental, working on me personally, my personal growth. Mm-hmm. And, and so read, it's like this. And you tell me if I need to stop. Okay? No, this is perfect. Okay. But you have to feed your body. You have to eat every day to fuel the body. Right. Right. And, and the, the bottom line is if you don't eat today, nothing, and you don't do it tomorrow, next day, next day, next day, you have no food. What happens? You start breaking down. You start getting weak. Your mind starts going. See? But my thing is to say, if you don't feed your mind the right things every day, then you break down mentally. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, is that people, too much negative out here. Negativity, negativity is too much out there, right? So if you're watching the news and reading the newspaper, which a lot of people do, they get so caught up. And then you see things on social media. It's, it creates, and, and some people may think it's fun or whatever, like social media or just crazy shows that are out there. Yeah. They get so caught up, but, it, but, but, but it's like, it drains your energy. Mm-hmm. So I tell people, feed your mind the right things. Work on you harder than you do your business. Mm-hmm. See, grow your mindset. Feed your mind good things every day. Get your attitude up to altitude. Because most people, a lot of people have what they call stinking thinking. It's negative thoughts constant. Yeah. And a lot of people want to talk about other people. And even people that are close to them, they talk about because it, it makes them feel good. Right. Stuff that they don't want people to have success per se. Mm-hmm. See? They don't, you know, so they, there's envy. Envy is the killer of joy. 
right? But if you're working on yourself every day, your mindset, and you're growing, getting your attitude up to altitude, and you're building your, your confidence, your self-esteem, all that ties in together, um, and you're growing yourself, and you're growing your comfort zone, see, oh, I just know this. Like, if I work out every day when I was competing and train hard, you know, smart, though, and mm -hmm. eat right, I was going to build a body. See? So I, it's the same thing. If I feed my mind the right things, and I'm manifesting the right thoughts, the good things. And, you know, I say prayers over myself, my family, and people in my life, and, and manifesting good thoughts, constant. Mm -hmm. what, what you do is going to happen. What you think about, you bring about. So sometimes if you're thinking constant negative, negative comes to you, mm -hmm. you see. So that's the other second thing. I think it's very important to be feeding the mind the right things. I think it's very important to stay away from negativity, hearing the negative constant. And I'll be honest, with you, some of the things that happen today, maybe that's a, you know, yeah. I don't even know if things are happening. I mean, like, you know, that the thing in Minnesota with that guy, which was unfortunate, very unfortunate, that yeah. police officer, the guy, I didn't even know about it till a week later. Right. You know, so, so what like, do you feed your mind with, like you personally? How do you keep yourself positive? Well, one, uh, you want me to share some some different people, authors, books? Sure. Just what? How do you personally? Do you read books? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you I listen to. I, I do. I do. Well, I need to broaden my spectrum in my library. Um, so, but I listen to uh, a lot of audio, mm -hmm. uh, YouTube different people when I'm driving. Yeah. I first thing in the morning, I, I, I pray. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I read scripture. Um, and then I start, and then I work on me. So I'm listening to things. I mean, I like some old school guys. Um, like who? Like Jim Rohn? It's fantastic. He's fantastic. You listen uh, Zig to Ziglar. Yep. Zig Ziglar, Tony Robbins, Tony, Les Brown, uh huh. Um, my style guy, people, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, one of my favorite, well, probably to say my favorite book of all time, if you want to know that by chance, for sure. <laughs> is a book by a guy by the name of Og Mandino. Okay. Have you heard of Og? I have not heard of Odd. I want you to read this. Yeah, I'll I want you to pick. I want you to pick this book up. Okay. And it's a book by Og Mandino called The Greatest Salesman in the World. And it is not about being a great salesman. It is about becoming a great person. And, okay. and you know, it, it talks about, I mean, just this, there's scrolls. It is Christian-based. There's 10 scrolls. Mm -hmm. And you read scroll mark one. And it's, it's like a five-minute plus read is all. But when you get to scroll mark two, you read that scroll morning first thing upon arising at noon and then before bed but you read it out loud before bed and you read that scroll three times a day mm -hmm. for 30 straight days Did you do so that? oh yeah i've done yeah. did that many years ago i'm getting ready to pick it up again but let me say this to you it's it it will feed your mind and feed your heart and I'm telling you what, it's life changing. 
So that's one. It, it's very hard though. It's a, it's simple read. It's five minute read three times a day. It's so simple. Like you can breeze through it. Yeah. But is it hard because it creates consistent habit? Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Creates this consistent habit, but it ingrained in your brain and your heart. And it's and scroll, scroll mark two is my favorite scroll. And it's, it's, so it says, I will greet this day with love in my heart. Okay. For muscle can split a shield. And but it's only the unseen eyes of man or something. It goes on. I, I don't know. I know some of it. It's been a long since, but I'm picking it up again. Mm-hmm. And it talks about the principles of life. Steve I've Elder. heard of it. Yeah, I've never read it. My my brother read it. I did door to door sales, and he uh, he read it. He's doing it with me, and he told me to read it, and said that it was totally changed, like the way he could stay positive, um, the way that he viewed people. I think was a little bit through a more optimistic lens, you know, like he didn't assume the worst in people, and that actually made him a better salesman as well. I I will read it, and we'll have to do another podcast to talk about it. Yeah, we will. Um... So in scroll mark two, it talks about how it's incredible. So when I look at you, right, and I will look you in the eyes, and I could have just met you, and this is how I do, this is how I greet people. Mm-hmm. But I look you in the eyes, and I say to myself, "I love you," and and you're seeing that, you know. And it talks about which is not some people might think it's crazy, but it's real. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the heart. It's about people. And it's in, you know, and it's, you know, it says, and like, I'm trying to think what scroll is, but uh, scroll nine is a great one because it talks about taking action. Mm-hmm. And, in, and, in, and scroll, I think, I can't think of which one. I, again, I got to refresh, but I will persist until I succeed. And those are the things. It just, it's very powerful. Okay. So, anyway. So that's, that's when I read it. I mean, you know, just different things. I send stuff out to people and like, I got three books going out this week. I put contests on, I sign the books and I say, read, just, you're, you're amazing. You know, I know you're, you know, you're, you're going to be one of the greatest in our industry, greatest in our company. And I sign it and I, I run contests and I send it to people. I send them, I, I got, I might send them a bag of resist and, and a book signed book. And I just do, I love doing that type of stuff. And, to inspire. So, so honestly, Reed, so those are things and I'm driven and I'm passionate. And when I believe in something, I mean, my, my heart is constant on my sleeve. When I believe in something, I go after it. Uh, and I know that every day that I got to get better. And did I, have I, do I have time freedom? hundred percent. I can't even believe it. Do I, am I debt free? Yes. And do I make a lot of money? Yes but I have to get better. And this is why I go back and say about getting better. I have to get better because the better I get, the sharper, the, the more my saw is sharpened, the more people I can pay it forward to. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what it's about. I owe this company. I owe them for what they've done for my life to change my life. Right. Mm-hmm. I owe my people. I'm not going to sit back. And so if I hit, ambassador i'm not going to sit back and say oh well this guy's trying to hit gold manager i'm not going to sit back because my level and the money i make and i'm going to work to help people get to mm-hmm. their levels I, that's so that's one thing I think, those are things i think are important but to be wake up every day and, and, and be feel blessed have gratitude and and you talk about looking at people read i look at people's hearts see 
And that's what I look at. And I wanted to know them. And it doesn't matter. Look, bro, I'm going to tell you something. I grew up in the worst of the worst. I mean, I mean, I can tell you things that I went through, been shot at, had a gun in my head. And <laughs> I mean, we've been robbed six times. Mm, Nobody ever. Now, been shot at, gun, gun in our face. Nobody ever got a dime. We worked too, my mom and dad worked too hard for that. Yeah, man. You know what I mean, I'm just being honest. <laughs> but, but I don't. Look, I look at people. I look at their hearts. I love people in general. I love people, and so, but, so that's kind of what's happened. And 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 you know, um, so those are things I think if people just you know work on themselves and you know they find something they love because mm-hmm. you, know, you know I'll tell you one other quick story. You know, um, his name, he's, he's one of the wealthiest guys in the world. Um, ah, it's, uh, trying to think, my, my mind just went, but he's in Nebraska. He owns, uh, what's the big company? Uh, you know who I'm talking about. He's an older guy. Warren Buffett. Uh, Warren Buffett. So I was list. I like his, I like listening to things like that. Yeah. interviews with him uh-huh. so he was at this college in new york small college and he's talked about how he got started and then you know just just his journey of life and basic said that uh this one this college girl said you know raise your hand she said she goes should i change my major you know because my major is education and i'm not going to make a lot of money but I'm, I'm driven to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And he says, look, he says, here's my advice to you. He says, do what you love. I mean, like you can, you can have a major of teaching, like be a school teacher, but then do something completely different, right? It happens every day. Mm-hmm. But he says, do what you love, follow your heart. Because whether you make 30,000 a year or 3 million a year, if you wake up every morning and you are happy and you are passionate and you love what you do, that's really the ultimate. See? Yeah. So that's, that's what, that was his advice to her. And, and so I think every day when you wake up in the morning, go, you know, love what you do and be passionate. Mm -hmm. So, you know, until you find that, you know, keep looking, be open and be open to opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree. I think one thing um, that I kind of get from your energy is that you have this, this growth mindset. You know, you're always pushing yourself to to be more, to kind of attract more into your life. But it's it doesn't come from a place of scarcity. It's not you're not thinking, well, if I get more, then I'll finally be happy. You know, you're not thinking. Like my life is so hard right now. I need more so I can finally be the person I want to be. It seems to me that you feel like you're currently at a place of abundance. You know, you already feel like you're happy. You have the things that you want. You're grateful and you want more just because you want to have more of that. Not because you're not happy already right now. You're content, but driven, if that makes sense. Oh, hundred percent. Very much. You hit it on the head. I am very content but i i again it's all about my 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 gratitude i feel so blessed 
I, I feel so blessed. Like right now, I'm feeling so blessed to be on this podcast with you. <laughs> Thanks. I'm, and, I'm blessed that you jumped on. You're, you're a and, great and, guest. I mean, I just feel this is fun. I'm having so much fun with you and getting to know you more, and I want to get to know you more. But, but it's like, um, but I'm driven. Like, you know, I mean, I'll just throw this out. When I first got into Zingular, and I've worked my butt off. I'm very hard. I, mean, I work my construction company hard. And there was nobody going to out, outwork me. There was nobody in the gym when I was competing that was going to out-train me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm very competitive in that factor, and I'm going to give you everything I got. Um, but um, the bottom line is, it's opportunity is different. You know, I mean, you got you can work hard, but you got to have you got to work smart too. And I, it took me a long time to figure that one out. But also, certain things can only give you so much, no matter how hard you work. Right. Right. And 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 so the the bottom line is is now, when I got started, and this was early days, man, we didn't have nothing we have today. And uh, I knew they were six weeks old, the company was, but I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I was going to earn $10,000 a month part-time as a secondary income. Now, that was not going to enable me to go full-time and just do this, but I knew I was going to make an extra 10000 a month. And I told my wife that before I signed up one person and got one person on the product. And I did. And then I got to 10 and I could see 20. I got 20 and then I could see 50. You know, and now my, you know, I got to, I got to 50 and now I see this. And now I got to the next level, which I don't want people to say, but I mean, just because say where I'm at, but I see 200,000 a month. But I balanced my life because I, you know, like, I'm, mean, this is not like I balance, I've always balanced and I tell my people, balance your life out. You know, this is something I think is important too. Zig Ziglar talks about this. When you you got to schedule your day, you got to schedule time, you got to tell your family, especially in our home-based business, when your singular time is or whatever the business is. And so, but but that's your time. Mm-hmm. So you got to go after it during that time and let your family know this is what you're doing. And let them know that we're going to have success and this is what we're going to be able to do together. This is why. But when your singular time is up for that day, or just even during that time of the day and you're with your family, be with your family, be present. Yeah. That's important. And because what happens a lot is people go to work and they're working, 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 and they start feeling guilty that they're not with their family. But then when with their when they're with their family, they start feeling guilty because they're not doing their business. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that that happens in in, in traditional business too. And so, so you gotta have balance. But I do find it living in the present, like when I'm talking to somebody, I want them to, and not that I try, it's not I just do. I, you know, it takes time to, to work on your skill. When I'm talking to you, I'm going to give you my focus. I want to listen to you. And I want to get to know you. Mm-hmm. And I want to, you know what I mean? Those are, those are things that are important, but a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. No, especially nowadays. Like it, it, it seems almost like common that you're talking with someone and like midway through they're checking their phone and, and they're, you know, Snapchatting and texting. And, and I think especially kids growing up right now, they don't, they don't even really realize that they're supposed to give undivided attention, you know? Well, you know, just because 
they don't communicate and 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 there's so much going on and but it's like this it's like you know when i like with you you know i want to ask you about your baby i want to know what's that like to be a father and you know how's your family and your wife and you know I, I never somebody, never would tell people about my kids, how they're doing. And I, and I want to know, tell me about what's happening in your life. How are your children? Mm -hmm. What's going, you know, what's going on? But, you know, like in, in your case, I want to know, how's that baby doing? And how's it, how, do you, how are you feeling about being a father? What's that, how's that changing you? Those are things I want to know about you. Every time I'm put on a video chat or whatever, like today I was put on a video chat, uh, you know, Tommy Gillis, right? Yeah, uh-huh. To with this guy who's a financial planner mm -hmm. and Tom, he's interested in network networking. He's interested in our products. He's interested in the business. He's open. And so anyway, Tommy put him on with me. So we were video chatting mm -hmm. um, and I'm, Tom introduced me and I, and I said to him, I said, I said, Gary, great meeting. I said, tell me about you. And I said, tell me about you. Like one, how did you meet Tom? And, you know, I said, what are, what, what, what's, I said, what is like, what is your attraction here? What got, what's, what are you interested in with our, what we do with the products of the business? And then tell me, do you have a family? Do you have kids? Where are you from? And then that's what I say. And then I listen to them because I, I, I want to know, I'm not going to say, Hey, yeah, you know, I got all the products. I got results and I'm making a ton of money. And blah, blah, I'm driving this nice Corvette or whatever I'm driving, you know, Audi, what I drive. I, it's not what's important. You see, um, and so that those are things I think as you hone skills, people skills, because it's really people want to know that that you care, and people want to know they want to be they want to feel special too. Does that make sense? They want you know. Yeah. So those are those are things I think that are key. A mm -hmm. lot of I mean we talked about a lot of things and so on. So, but yeah, man, I tell you what, um, life is good, brother. Yeah. How's yeah. Nico doing? He, he's awesome you know bottom, so he, gradu he, he graduated virtually <laughs> oh yeah me too uh, you you yeah you did you get uh when in may was it yeah in may. it was actually the uh day before uh my baby was born so i graduated then went right to the hospital the next day so tell me you so where did you, where'd you graduate from so i graduated from the university of utah the Utes is that what they call those Utes. guys yeah so my they got, hey, they got parents, some good football there you, who did they have good football at university oh, of utah yeah no they've got great football in fact there's a huge rivalry here in utah utah versus byu and utah's won like eight years in a row i think which is funny because both of my parents went to byu um in fact my mom still currently goes to byu so we got you know it's nice to have a little family rivalry going that's cool why did you choose utah out of curiosity if they if they went to byu so i actually got accepted to byu um that's a good question i i, I don't really know I, it's just something that you know it wasn't something i was like i'm doing this for you know a rebellious reason or anything like that i just like the idea of being in salt lake i like the sound of, i like the campus and the classes mm -hmm. and I felt good about it. What did you get your degree in? Uh, business administration. Okay. Super cool. So Nico um, went to a university called Illinois State University. Okay. Which is in Bloomington, Illinois, which is where State Farm is based out of. 
Oh, cool. So they invested a lot of money into this college. It's a Division One, Double uh, A college, and and about twenty two thousand students in it. So he went to the uh, State Farm Business School, and so he got his degree in marketing um, Ooh, nice. and called in professional sales. He double majored, but oh, you know, nice. I, so he initially started out with business admin, and then, uh, but then he's working uh, now. Um, it's funny, Curtis Call just called me. <laughs> uh, but he's working um, with a company uh, uh, out of, well, they're based out of Chicago, believe it or not, but they have a, an office here in Nashville. Okay. And so he's like a, um, a recruiter, a headhunter for health professionals to place oh. people yeah. in jobs, like at hospitals, like at Vanderbilt and places mm-hmm. like that. I think that's really cool. Oh. The, the professional selling and marketing degree, like what a valuable skill set, you know? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, like you, he's great with people, you know, yeah. and uh, he's a go-getter too. So, um, but that's cool, man. That's, Reed, can I ask you a question? For sure. How old are you? Do you 26. mind? Okay. And, 26. Okay. And how long, how long you been married? Uh, two years. We got married February of 2018. So a little over you, two years. You meet her in Utah or the University of Utah? So it was actually kind of funny how I met her. No, she, my best friend growing up, she's from Arizona. Um, and she's actually in Arizona right now. And my best friend growing up uh, from Utah, I went with him to a family reunion of his in Idaho when I was like 14 and she was there. You know, she's 12 and I was 14. Um, we didn't really talk like years later, I reach out to her cause she got pretty, you know, like she grew up um, and I found her like on Facebook and uh, I was like, Hey, we didn't know each other, but I reached out to her on Facebook. and was like, Hey, we, we met at this family reunion like forever ago. And uh, long story short, she ended up coming to Utah um, like 2015. We kind of dated on and off and, you know, got married in 2018. So you reached out to her on Facebook and said, Hey, I met you here. And that's how it started. Yeah. A DM. I just sent her a message and, and I just said like, so that friend was still my friend at the time. That's her cousin. And he told me, you know, Hey, my, uh, my cousin that you probably don't remember. Cause at this point I'm like 19, right? I met her when I was 14. He said, you probably don't remember this girl, but she was at this family reunion like five years ago. She got really pretty. Um, and he showed me like she did get <laughs> as wild. And so little did I know when I messaged her, um, it's kind of the funny, her perspective was she actually had a huge crush on me at that time when I was 14 and she had been waiting kind of like for years that I would hopefully reach out. Um, and so when I reached wow. out, she was already like excited about it. And yeah, you know, that's like the, the reader's digest version. Um, because she ended up serving a, I went and served a mission in Brazil for two years, um, had no contact. Uh, I actually thought she got married, came home. Then she left on a mission to England for a year and a half. And then we finally started dating. So it's kind of like a, you know, weird, yeah, long route, but. No, it's, it's a, it's awesome. So Brazil, uh, you speak Portuguese. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you speak, uh, your mother's from where? She's from Guatemala. 
Guatemala. Uh, so uh, I don't actually speak Spanish. I never, I guess I speak enough because Portuguese is similar, but. Yeah. So you you speak Portuguese, but are you um, fluent still? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but you can understand Spanish pretty much, right? Yeah. If they talk slow enough, it, it's kind of like if to me, the way that Spanish sounds is like uh, a little kid you know, speaking like it, it's people get mad when I say that, but it kind of sounds like baby talk because it's like Portuguese is very hard sounds, you know, like, like the word for president is presidente and the word in Spanish is presidente. It just sounds like a little sing songy, you know, I don't know. Yeah, guys, yeah that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. How'd you like Brazil? Oh, it was awesome. It was so eye opening. I mean, the poverty was very eye opening, makes you really grateful. The people though are so so family oriented and humble and yeah, mm. it was an amazing experience. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. A lot of Lebanese in Brazil. I okay. keep saying Lebanese. I yeah, I'm very proud of my culture and my people. But yeah, there's a ton of matter of fact, both of my cousins, mm-hmm. who are my first cousins, uh, a male and a female. Mm-hmm. Both married uh, Brazilians. Really? So one of the well, the one girl, my cousin, is a guy. But his wife grew up, was born in Brazil, grew up in Brazil, and he ended up going there. She's Lebanese though, but she, of course, she speaks Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Um, both her parents are Lebanese, and he went there and met her, and they basically their marriage was pretty well arranged, and then. My other cousin, my uncle, who's my mom's brother, um, his daughter married a guy from Brazil. He's 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 Brazilian, yeah. So they yeah. both obviously speak, and they're both back in Peoria now. All of them are in Peoria, so they, you know, speak Portuguese too. But they're really but cool people. You know, they their culture and like they they're very warm and and outgoing and talkative. You know, they think we're mm-hmm. so cold, and you know, they're always hugging and. You, they kiss each other on the cheek, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, that's culture. That's the culture. It's a beautiful culture. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's awesome. But, um, you know, there's something else. Can we talk really quick? And then, like I said, if you need it, you, I don't know when we're going to end, but you tell me. I have no time constraint. I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm working with what you got. <laughs> I'm okay. loving it. So, going back to a little business too. Um, uh-huh. You know, our country um, is a great country. And, uh, and, it, and I just, I just would love for people to really get it. But my, my mother, you know, they grew up very poor in Lebanon. I mean, even where she's from her town where my uncles, two uncles, there's two boys in the family. They got what was left. Like the way that works is the girls get nothing. The boys get in here, all the inheritance. That's how it works. So they got the house there. It was not much. They were pretty poor. But my one uncle was, you know, renovated a lot and just making it better. Uh, but even where they're from in Lebanon, up in the mountains, half the time there's no electricity still. This is 2020. Right. So what was it like 60 years ago, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. So anyway, but um, when my mom came here, my mom did not read. English or write or speak. My mom did not read or write 
Arabic either. She didn't okay. go to school. She worked on the farm. She didn't go to first grade. Okay. Um, but so this is something I think that I'm an old school guy, if you would say, but we, you know, we're a big sports family. My brother was a very good athlete. I was too. And my dad, we love football, mostly basketball, baseball, whatever. But whenever um, we would watch, you know, say the World Series games or NBA playoffs or championship games, NFL, Super Bowl, whatever, you know, playoff games, you know, my mom did everything and we did everything together, right? And, and, you know, so, but even as we got to be adults, we go over every Sunday. You froze. Am I frozen? Shoot. Oh, okay. You're back. Sorry, I lost okay. you. Okay. Not sure where you lost me, but um, you said you go over every Sunday. We went over to eat every Sunday. I mean, I we were over there more than that, but every Sunday we'd have family dinner. Mm -hmm. And so we we'd watch say say it was a, a NFL championship playoff game whatever you know they always would have obviously the flag the united states flag spread out they'd have military guys maybe standard attention maybe whatever whatever and they'd say the pledge of allegiance mm -hmm. right? do whatever and or the national anthem but every time it would bring tears to my mother's eyes and she would say, God bless America, the greatest country on earth. Because for her, it was. She wasn't from here. It gave her a better life. She was able to raise her family here. You see? And, and so I just came to my thoughts. And that's why I appreciate so much. And I think a lot of people today, they don't appreciate our country. People fought for our freedom and they don't, you know, they're doing crazy things. But the one thing I'd say, and, 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 I, and this comes to my mind is we brought up Brazil mm -hmm. and, you know, there's, there's probably not much in the middle in a lot of countries. There's not very easily really poor or really rich. Yeah, definitely in Brazil. That's the case. Okay. In Dominican, same case. In Philippines, same case. A lot of places. But in our country, the middle class is has built our great country. The middle class has built our great country. Mm -hmm. Challenges, the middle class is fading. It's getting weak. And you're getting, you're either going to have lots of people with nothing or you're going to have people with a lot. Mm -hmm. see and that just came to my mind when you brought up brazil and there's a lot of poverty right and you mm -hmm. went and you you, know, you were serving the people in your yep. mission trip that's what you do serve and you pray and you you want to you know get them to know christ right yeah exactly. and so bought my whole thing and i go back to business and what we do in our company in our industry like this is an option for people to make a world of difference in their life you know and, and so, and, and I don't, I, I want to see people flourish across the board, you know, mm -hmm. but if, if the middle class is going away, then we're going to have poor, rich, 
I mean, I guess when you know, ultimately, I'd rather be on the rich side. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> you know what I mean? But so I so some just different thoughts to you. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, yeah, that's what that's what is so cool about the network marketing industry, is that it's people that don't need a special degree. They don't need special skills. Um, and in fact, you know, the more they can just be themselves and connect, they can, they can actually make the money of someone who has that degree or who has those special skills. It's something that I, you know, a lot of people really talk down on, on network marketing because they see it as like a get rich quick scheme. You know, people say that kind of stuff. And, and I, I think that's so funny because that's not what it is at all. It's just, it's very empowering. I remember watching uh, Tish at Zing Fling and her talking about, you know, uh, she, I think, worked like fast food and could barely afford the gas to get there and, and had no- well, It's true. She, she worked three part-time jobs, mm-hmm. 2014, single mom. She had five of her seven boys at home still. Oh. She two, the two young ones, the big boys, are, were 15-year-old twins, and then she had three others. She made 27,000 Canadian in 2014, raising five children. So you go ahead, finish up. Cause I just, oh, I just, just that's- yeah, I mean, and, and it's so empowering to me. Like I get, it's not, it's not for everyone. It's not easy. It's definitely not like get rich quick scheme and, and all that stuff. Um, but if there's one thing I remember sitting there thinking was, oh, look at this woman who probably told herself, that she wasn't worth a lot. You know, she was probably told that a lot. And now she's on a stage wearing a beautiful dress. She's making really good income. People look to her as a leader. And, you know, like where where are they going to get an opportunity like that? Where can they get that self-belief if not in this, you know, in something like network marketing? I think it's a beautiful thing. It's amazing. It's hundred percent true. And this is, and you know, what's crazy. Uh, 2015, she made 280,000 us, which is like 300, whatever, 40,000 Canadian and from 27,000 Canadian to 280,000 with our company. And she be, and, and she needed, because she, she really had a tough marriage, a lot of, a lot of stuff there. She was beat down. And this is where, my my thing is, as I said, I, I believed in her before she believed in herself, and I had to get her to th- to think that she. It's like you can, you know. I say if you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you're right too. Mm-hmm. And I know I tell people it's all about working on yourself, getting better with it. Can I C A N I? Constant and never ending improvement. And I tell my children. Every day, work on yourself. Every day, work hard. Every day, get better. Every day, you got to work getting better, you know, mm-hmm. and whatever you want. And, and so, 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 but she, she overcame. Her story is amazing. And in the industry, I mean, what else can you do to start business, work from home, have no real overhead, and, and create an extra 500 to 1500 a month. I mean, there's in our country right now, there's over 60 million people in the U S alone that are looking to make an extra 500 to 1500 a month. 
what are they going to do to do that? Especially now. Especially now. Okay. But this is a business that, you know, you can go after, go after it and, and, and believe it and build it, especially if it's the right vehicle. Got to be the right people, the right vehicle, right product, right comp plan, yeah. right everything. But it, it's a business that, you know, average people can earn way above average income. It's a business mm -hmm. that uh, create can create whatever it is. You know, I say to people this, Jim Rohn says, it's a part-time business that can create a fortune for you. I say the same, but I say this is a part-time business that can create whatever it is you want out of it. See, and it's true. It's a fact. And, and the industry is beautiful. The, again, there's, there's a lot of companies out there, but they're not all good either. But, yeah, but you yeah. know, I mean, there's thousands of them out there, but, but it, it is what it is. We just so happen to be in pretty special place because mm -hmm. of what we have. And the, but more importantly, the people. Tell you, man, I'm feeling good about your dad being at the helm. <laughs> and and awesome. you know, I'll be honest with you. When that happened, it, I was not happy. Uh -huh. I called Rudy as soon as I heard about it. And I said, what is going on? Because I, you know, I was, I mean, I, I trusted Mark and I got to be close to Mark. And, but Mark Walker is an amazing man, right? Absolutely. He's got the best, he's one of the best men I ever met in my life. And he's got the best heart and, and he's, he's about the people. And, and then when that happened, but now, you know what? Russ Fletcher is one of the best men I know in my life too. <laughs> and man... So, and he's very smart too. And he's good with people. He's just incredible. So you're blessed brother. And your mom's so, so awesome. You've got a great family. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I, I really appreciate, appreciate you uh, taking the time. Um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I think that you have an awesome mindset. I think you're inspirational to people inside and outside of Zingo. Um, my, uh, my listeners, you know, it's not like they all do network marketing or even know what Zingular is, but I really think they can, uh, pull a lot from this. So I really appreciate you just giving of yourself to, to me and to the podcast. Um, if people listening to this, if they're interested in knowing you and joining you and, you know, becoming a part of Zingular, how can we support you? How can they reach out to you and be part of your business or anything like that? Well, uh, if they want to friend me on Facebook and or message me, um, it's just under my name. It's Freddie, two D's and a Y, Elias, E-L-I-A-S. And, um, and it's my profile is my wife and I. And, uh, and my number, if I, I can give my number out too. It's uh, that, that works for you. Um, I'm good you. with it. Yeah, if Free. you want to. Oh, I'm, I, now I am good. But uh Better to text me first, but it's 309-303-5296. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love to, you know, show them what we do and what we got, you know, and it, even it's just to connect and be, develop a relationship and help people through, some people go through some hard times and, and, and uh, you know, we all go through stuff. But I always say again, and everything passes, it gets better. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, when Nico got sick, uh, it was the toughest journey of my life. But little things, like small things used to bother me, little little silly things, like they may bother you, but little things don't bother me anymore. Mm-hmm. Not after going through that. Right? And so anyway, but but yeah, man, I appreciate you so much and I look forward to hopefully sometime maybe in Kansas City, <laughs> we can be together and break some bread. Yeah, right. I'll have to uh, introduce you to my little baby. We'll come down to Nashville. You can meet my wife and, and little baby and show us around the new place. Um, you know what? I would love to have you guys here. I would love it. I, I, I'm i serious. We'll be down there, I'm sure, at some point. So I'll, I'll reach out. We'll, uh, we'll bring some special Utah dish for you guys to try. <laughs> Maybe <right>. green jello. <laughs> All right. That's fine. Yeah. No, you're welcome into our home anytime. And I uh, love to, my, you, you know, my wife, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she would love that baby and your wife. I'm sure they get along great. So, but man, I appreciate you having me on here. Really. This was been fun for me. Yeah. We'll have to do it again sometime. I'll, I'm going to read that book. I'm serious. I'll read it. Please do. Yeah. You, you, anytime I'd love to come back on sometime soon or whenever, just let me know. Okay. Okay. I will. Thanks so much again, Freddie. All right, brother. Take care. God bless you. Have a good one.